This episode of this Focused Practical Dreamer's Journey is brought to you by Energy Healer Jean Borders' Personal Powerful Transformation Program. Know you're leaving money on the table, but can't figure out how to bring it in? Need to double your productivity and profitability? Need an extra push to get things moving in the right direction? Visit www.focusedpracticaldreamer.com slash transformation now and apply for a business consultation with Jean. Welcome to the Focused Practical Dreamer's Journey, where we take out your emotional baggage and heal your emotional body so you get to enjoy the success you desire and deserve. Prepare to feel a sense of relief and empowerment as we get rid of the baggage you've been carrying that's held up your business success up until now. Be sure to visit our website at www.focusedpracticaldreamer.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, lean in, get comfortable, and prepare to take off. Hello, everyone. This is Jean Border, your host for the Focus Practical Dreamers Journey podcast. And I have a special guest with me here today. This is Lisa Zorotny. And I can tell you we've had a little bit of a conversation before we ever got on the air. So (laughs) we're talking today about decluttering the mind and how that affects your personal life, but also your business decisions and your business interactions. Hi, Lisa. How are you? Good, Jean. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Tell our listeners a little bit about you. Oh, I would love to. Thank you so much. Hi, I'm Lisa Zaratni. I'm the founder of Positively Productive Systems, the host of the Positively Living podcast, and a productivity strategist and accountability coach, very specifically for creatives and caregivers. Uh, and, you know, so much clutter <laughs> is connected to that, I'll tell you. I have certifications in positive psychology and stress management. And the reason behind all this is that I'm bringing forth this idea of compassionate productivity. We talk about productivity all the time in terms of how much more we can do. And I want to talk about doing less and living more. And so that's my mission. And that's what I'm all about. And when I'm not specifically on that mission, I'm on the mission to live more myself with my passions. And that includes hanging out with my family, my husband and kiddos, acting like a rock star with them. We actually have a band, uh, watching movies, um, or sometimes just hiding away from the world with a really good book and an iced coffee and probably trapped under a cat. Okay, so off topic, but I'm going to have to go back to the band. What do you yeah. do you play? You sing? What do you do? I, I do all the things. Right now, I'm currently bringing my voice to the specific band, but I do play a number of instruments. And one of the things I'm doing right now is learning how to play bass guitar, which I think is kind of cool. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. My brother plays bass. He, well, he, he started with regular guitar, then bass, and um He's got a million ukuleles now, too. So, <laughs> yeah, it seems to be like a gateway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I, I'm musically inclined. So, there we go. That's always, that always draws me in. And with the books, I have thousands of books. I've been a reader forever. But off topic again. So, let's talk about clutter. So, when people come into a business, and I'm going to, focus on productivity because that's where we all get hung up. We get a to-do list. Mm -hmm. All the things we have to do, all the things we have to learn, all the people we have to talk to, all the marketing things we have to do. How do we figure out how to let some of that go and be compassionate with ourselves? Yes, it's really hard. And that's something people don't talk about. They really just don't. You know, the way you described it, Right there in in your wording of it, you know, having this to do list and the things we have to do, right? And it's immediately that perception. And this is especially the case if you are entering the entrepreneurial world, that we have all this information at our, at our fingertips, which is wonderful, but also overwhelming because there's the have tos, the shoulds, right? And so the first thing right off the bat is to ask yourself, whose idea was this? Like, who's telling me that 
I need to do this, that this must be on my to-do list, that in order to be this kind of entrepreneur, I must do this thing. Like we have to figure out the filters uh, for choosing what we need and what needs to surround us and what we're going to put our precious time and energy to. And the way that we do that is by checking in with ourselves, by having people that we trust, right, help us. Not just coaches, but it can be friends, it can be anyone, but but those who understand us and how we work best and really what we're all about, right? It goes back to our values and our goals. So there's a whole list of things we could be doing, but just because you can doesn't mean you should. And so I think the first question is, you got this big list and you're like, how do I get this all done? The first question is, where did that come from? And is is that, you know, approved by you? Really check in with your gut. You'll know. You'll know right off the bat if you need to start questioning it. And the more you get into your business, the more connections you make with people and the more demands that seem to be on your time, on your expertise, on helping them grow their business. At some point, you have to say, where are my priorities? Yeah. And where are my boundaries too, right? The limits. That's huge. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's absolutely huge. And that is a form of clutter. So what you're saying too, let's say you're, you're you know what? You're listening right now. I'm going to go ahead and guess that you are a giver, right? You want, you're a helper, right? You want to offer whatever you can uh, to to make this world a better place. And when you do that, people will take. And I don't even mean that in a negative way. You give, they take. It's a beautiful symbiotic relationship until it's too much for you. So making sure that's a, that's a form of clutter, right? That you're now, or you've cluttered up your calendar basically because all your time is being spent on other people's urgent. I always ask when you're like, oh, this is urgent. I'm like whose urgent is it? You know, again, it's all about asking those questions. And when you want to give so much, putting a cap on that. I, I do that. I'm an extrovert and I love, I love these conversations. I know for a fact that uh, when we're done with this conversation, because I can tell already in the moment that I'm going to be energized by this, but I still show up with all of myself, right? And it's still a drain, like on my focus, right on my time. And so I need to honor how much of that I can do per day, right? I need to know what my limits are and to have caps on that. And so then when I do, today's jeans day, right? I'm, <laughs> I'm here and, and I'm offering myself fully. And then after this, I'm done because I know that's what my limit is. So you can still give so freely and so beautifully, but know your limits. That's that's definitely one form of clutter. When I got into this business, I set very strict boundaries for my time mm. because I had the stressful career. I had the long work days, the have to get the projects done. You just take on more and more and more. And it helped me advance. It really did. But I've done that. Yeah. And this this is for me, right? I get to set the rules. I get to set the time. But there are still, even with that, there are, oh, well, this is coming up and this is coming up and this is coming up and I want to do this and I want to do this. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, slow it down. <laughs> yeah. Slow it down. Last year, you were excited to do that. This year, are you still excited to do that? Or have you moved past it to where something else might be a better fit for you right now? Yeah, that's a great question. And also, too, I mean, you can have like so many things that you are, in fact, excited about, but understanding that some can and are probably best to wait a little bit. And it doesn't mean you have to wait forever for it. It could be wait a week or a month or it could be longer. I mean, it depends on what it is, but understanding that yeah, you can do so many things you want to do, but maybe not all right at the same time. 
And that's the conversation I have. I'm going to say it's a common conversation I have with some of my clients. Yeah, same. It's maybe not it's a no forever, but it's no for right now. Exactly. Because something else is the priority. And so that's the beautiful thing. It's less about saying no and more about what you're saying yes to. When you say yes, when you say no, you're saying the opposite to other things. So it's determining what are you saying yes to. And sometimes, as hard as it might be, when we want to give to others, when we are excited as creatives to do more and all the things are happening, but sometimes we have to choose ourselves and our health and that time to rest and recover and recharge. And it can it can be challenging not only when we feel like we have expectations to give, but also in that excitement. I work with multi-passionates and it's like, ooh, next thing's bright, shiny objects. I can't wait. Oh, and it's like putting a governor on yourself, right? You're like, oh, I'm holding myself back. But at the same time, you're like, yes, but you're priming that productivity because when you do start, you're going to have so much better energy and focus for it. And, you know, you want to be as healthy as possible. Like you said, in, you know, uh, a high pressure job, you are getting stuff done, but at what cost? You can still get the stuff done as an entrepreneur without that cost associated with it. And I find that so often um, that once you get started on that treadmill and it speeds up and it speeds up and it speeds up and you get used to the money coming in while you're at that high peak performance and now you're afraid to slow down because you've come to rely on the money, right? Now what do I do? I, I, I need that. I can't give up this. I can't give up that. I'm working 12-hour days. That's what I have to do. Well, do you really? Well, that's what I have to do to grow my business. Well, do you really? Yeah, again, it was the only question. But sometimes we don't even allow ourselves the time to explore. Do you really mm. have to stay on that treadmill at that speed? Or are there other things that might support you that would allow you to also look at your boundaries and see where you've stepped out of them? And also, too, making sure that your goals are in alignment with you truly, uh, because so many times we can be like, I need to scale my business, I need to grow. Why? Well, because that's what everyone's telling me is what's next. And it's like, what if you don't want to? Uh, you know, I love saying around uh, the new year time, you know, when people want to do resolutions, I'm like, well, you can resolve to be exactly like you were the year before. You know, that's okay, right? Growth can happen in so many different ways. And sometimes the most beautiful growth is full acceptance of who you are as a person and what you're doing and, and being happy with what you do. Uh, you can have gratitude for what you have and want more. And you can also have gratitude for what you have and be perfectly content with it. You get to choose that. I think the choice part is where people forget the whole idea of, in your terms, compassionate productivity. Yes. They set a goal for themselves at one time because they thought that that would bring them joy or that would bring them happiness or that would say, I've done it. Yeah. But they don't take the time later to look at that and say, is that really what I wanted out of that goal in the first place? Is that really why I set that goal for myself? And am I still needing that result to feel complete in myself, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it can also be that, you know, your life circumstances change. And it's like, I would still love to reach that goal, but I need to change the runway. I need to change the timeline. I need to change what I'm capable of doing. Sometimes because we have to, this happens often, right? When we have uh, some kind of um, medical or health crisis, but it can also happen when other priorities pull us. And I know as as a mom, I've had this happen where something major has happened with my children. And it's like, okay, then I am pausing on this particular project and I'm adjusting my business because, yes, I love to 
change lives and to transform people's mindsets about productivity and to help them literally do less and live more. Yes, I love that. But also part of why I did what I did is to have that flexibility to be able to live more myself and to be there for my family. It's a huge value of mine. So having that flexibility, being, you know, that permission to change your mind, to make adjustments, that is a beautiful gift, right? We don't um, unwrap it as much as I think it would behoove us to as entrepreneurs. And you touched on something that I think is really important. As an entrepreneur, you get to decide when to slow down your business and when to speed it back up. Yeah. And a few years ago, I was taking care of my elderly father. And when he passed away, I had to pretty much shut down my business. I yeah. I tried to keep it going, but my headspace, it just wasn't there. It hit me really hard for whatever reason. But I lost clients because of it. You know, there were two weeks I just couldn't talk. I just couldn't yeah. be there for other people. I needed to be there for me. So that during that time period, I couldn't meet with the clients. And some of them who were just one time, you know, they would go session by session. They found someone else that could help them in that that specific time that they needed someone. And I had to be okay with that. Right. You know, but I had to give myself permission to give myself time. And exactly. Sometimes to actually say, it's too much. I must stop and take care of me. It's just too much right now. Right. Not forever, but for right now. Now you're talking too about a, a situation that is it's big. And so I'm so uh, deeply sorry for your loss and also uh, understanding uh, um, a bit more than <laughs> that you may realize um, how much that takes out of you even before uh, a loved one passes, when you are a caregiver. And I was one, uh, actually, I've been it multiple times, but the big one was for my mom. I had my babies at the time. I was pregnant at the time, actually, and caring for her, and she had Alzheimer's. And uh, that takes so much out of you, and you're in an impossible situation. And even then, we have this tendency to be like, no, we can do it. We can manage. I got this, right? There's something about, I think, it's a combination of pride. And I don't mean that in like we're being prideful, but just this like belief in, in our abilities and our strength and the not wanting to ask for help. So, that's huge. And I think those big life events are beautiful, hard, achingly difficult, but beautiful lessons for us. But imagine you are in the entrepreneur realm and you don't have a big event like that, but you're slowly being eroded by yes. pushing yourself and pushing yourself. That's what I see with my clients so much. It's insidious because sometimes you have this big trauma. And then you're like, I have no choice but to stop and reassess and change my pace. But what about all those other times when you're like, oh, 60 hour weeks and, you know, like pushing? You can definitely have boosts. I like to call them sprints. And I do think that's a good thing. There's a um, a great book, uh, The Productivity Project by Chris Bailey that I appreciated. He was like his own guinea pig for different types of productivity techniques. And he talks about doing like the overtime, right? The extra hours for like a week or so that can actually work. So if you have a launch or if you have something specific you want to do, like you said, choosing when to slow down and when to speed up, you absolutely can and it will work. It just won't work for the long haul. Don't let it become the norm. Or those extra hours and that extra pressure and the extra stress, that becomes that that clutter, that that becomes um, your path to burnout as opposed to your path to success. Path to success. What did your path to success look like? <laughs> How did you get from where you were to where you are now? You're going to need a GPS and a, <laughs> and a lot of turns, baby. So I did mention being a caregiver for my mom, and this was that 
achingly beautiful life lesson where uh, when she passed, I kind of looked around and I was like, oh my gosh, what now? And the instinct we always have is to add something. What do I need to do? Right. And we were financially hit by it as well. And I was like, what do I need to do? Do I need to get a job? You know, like what's happening here? And, And there was a voice inside me that said, take a moment, take a breath. Let's, let's clean out, clear out things. And I figuratively, emotionally, literally went through the clutter that was, you know, all of the unattended items. Because when you go through survival mode, you have to let go of a lot. Um, the absolute, you know, the, the, the negotiables and sometimes, you know, uh, the non-negotiables even, you you have to set aside uh, depending upon, you know, what your limits are. So I finally went through boxes and bins of paper and things that I had just not tended to because I, I didn't have the bandwidth. I cleared a path for myself. So the success path actually in that time of overwhelm and survival mode started by clearing a path. And then I realized how healing that was to have that space. You And you know what it's like, right? When you declutter a closet or, you know, you go through your junk drawer or something like that. And it seems so simple and so silly, but it's absolutely true. And I know you're listening and you know in your heart when you actually breathe easier. You're like, I'm walking by the linen closet. How is this possible? But I feel better. I feel lighter. That's what I felt. And I was like, ooh, I'm on to something. And my MO is always like, I figured it out. Let me help. And I started helping people as a professional organizer because that was the very tangible way to help them feel better, breathe easier, reduce the overwhelm. But the minute I stepped in someone's home to help them with the stuff, I realized that that stuff was so deeply connected to the head and the heart. And we see this in extreme cases on shows like Hoarders, right? Yes, they go in. Yes, they clean out. Yes, there's tons of decisions to make. There's a lot of stress. What else do they do? They bring them a therapist, to help them process. And I was like, oh, I feel like getting to the head and the heart is the key here. It's the key for sustainability. It's the key for being long lasting. And it's the key to even being a shortcut sometimes. Because when we know in our hearts and and we're in alignment and we know in our minds, we have that space to think and to breathe and to make the best decisions for ourselves, the stuff will actually fix itself. And so that was the starting point of me saying, okay, it's about productivity, but not in the way you think. And it's about really being trauma-informed and grief-informed and being compassionate. And I, I basically fell into positive psychology because I realized I reverse engineered the fact that that's what I was doing. And, and yeah, as I say, the rest is history, but yeah, it's been many twists and turns to get here. But the more that I work with people, the more I know this is the right path to be on because too much of our society just, you know, praises us for the busy and the pushing and the achieving without understanding the cost of it and what's really important. And I think that we can have a beautiful combination of the two. So when someone comes to you and they don't even know where to start, yeah. how do you start? We start by reducing the overwhelm. And one of my clients said, you calm the storm. And we would do that every single session where I have all the ideas and all the to-dos and I feel so overwhelmed and oh my God, I too much to do, too little time. And so the first thing we do is declutter your mind. And that brings us right back beautifully, full circle to this idea of mental clutter. So, and the mental clutter can be different kinds. And I think we've touched upon some of these things. It can be the information overload of too many ideas because I'm excited or too many ideas because I'm kind of new at this entrepreneurial thing and people are telling me I need to do this stuff. Um, It can be our limiting beliefs like, I really want to do this, but who am I? 
to do this. I felt that way when I started my podcast and now nobody's stopping me. <laughs> I love it, you know, but yeah, you, you feel that way. It can be, you know, the stories and, and the demands and the expectations of our identity. I work a lot with it because it's especially women, caregivers and creatives who have a certain identity. And it's like, well, if I don't do this thing, then how do I identify? Even just if I don't do things, am I productive? Yes. And you're also worthy. So just shortcut answer right there. So yeah, the first thing we do is say, okay, let's get it all out of your brain. So we do, uh, David Allen calls it a, calls it a mind sweep. Uh, you can call it a brain dump. It's a, a form of decluttering the mind and putting everything that's taking your attention and causing you stress and concern and putting it in a safe space to figure out how to process it. And then actually I can walk uh, a client very quickly through processing that. And you would be amazed at how much we can remove from that list in just one session. So that's step one. So step one is to create a list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to go along with your other list. Yes, but it's not a to-do list. And that is the real key. That is your capture list, which I call your to-choose list. Ooh, I like that. Thank you. That's so important. It's not your to-do list because that's what happens a lot. Oh, I'm so distracted and I have so much to do. Let me make a list. So you're right. And I love lists. I'm a big fan of lists. I have many lists. But I do too. (laughs) But yeah, that list that I'm talking about of really doing that mental decluttering is not your to-do list. It is your to-choose list. It's the pool from which you choose And it can be many things that you choose. Sometimes what you choose to do is bless and release, right? And I do have a 4D system for that. If you'd like, I'd be happy to just quickly share those. Sure, that'd be great. Okay, yeah. So the first D is decluttering. It is understanding that, um, okay, it might have been a good idea at the time. You said it so beautifully earlier, where it's like you have something, you had it planned, you knew you were going to do it, right? And then, but does it still apply now? So my my guidance, it, it always includes saying, you know, don't, don't organize what you don't intend to keep, which is why in traditional physical organizing, you declutter first. Same thing goes for your to-do list for the the things that you expected that, you know, were felt obligated to do. You really need to be clear. Does it still belong? Is it lingering? Because you know that that feeling when you have something that's on your to-do list and then you start a new to-do list and that thing moves again and you just add it on there. And eventually it just becomes a tradition where you're just tacking that stupid task onto that new to-do list and you're like, but you know what it's doing to you? That's the mental clutter weight of, I'm just not getting stuff done. I'm not productive. I'm not, it's all that negativity that it brings with it. So what can you release? That's, that's the first D. And there are systems out there, 3Ds and stuff. You've probably heard of this with delegating and, and doing and things like that. But this order is critical. And, and I haven't seen this order in this way. So that's what makes my system unique is that you always declutter first, just like in organizing. The second one then would be to delegate. You ask the question, okay, I have this on my list. Um, it, it, it made the cut, right? I didn't delete it, okay? But I ask myself, how can it get done? And you'll notice the distinction, the way I said that, was not how can I do it. You keep your mind open you don't have to be the one to do it. It could be, you could pay someone. It could be, you could ask someone for a favor. It can be other people who help you or, this is my favorite, it could be tech. It can be automation. You know, there's a lot of ways, right, that we can delegate a task to create space because that's really ultimately what we're doing with all of this is making space for what matters. By the way, part of what matters is always you. So that was the second D. The third is to delay. And you mentioned this before. It doesn't have to be a someday, but it's also a not now. Not everything has to be done immediately. We do get into this like zone of saying, oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. And it's all, it's all urgent. It's all a priority. Mm, 
If it's all a priority, then nothing's a priority. There really is a ranking if, if you get down to it. It can feel like there isn't, but let's dig deeper. So you don't remove it, uh, you don't delegate it, but you do hold off, you defer it until you have the bandwidth. Then the fourth D is do. Now this is where we get into classic productivity. This is where we get into prioritizing and figuring out urgent versus important and using your techniques like the Pomodoro technique and the, you know, actually tackling the tasks and tackling them in the right order and in the right way for you. That's the four Ds. I love that. Thank you. Um, and I totally forgot what it was, but there was something I'm like, that's so cool. I have to talk about that. And it went out of my head because I got so involved in, in your process. So that's a good thing, I guess. <laughs> it's a very good thing. Yeah. So we had the deleting. Um, don't list, you know, what you don't intend to do. Delegating, asking how it can get done. Delaying. It's not someday, but also not now. And then the doing. That's the time to take action and applying your classic productivity techniques. Don't organize what you don't intend to keep. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. I love that. Because sometimes, again, we fall back into that trap. Well, it has to be perfect before I donate it. Or it has to be, well, why do you have to glue something you're going to donate? If it needs to be glued and it's not in usable form, maybe it's lived its life, right? Right. Maybe it does make you feel good, but how long is it going to sit there taking up space and cluttering your home before you realize you're never going to do that task for yeah. whatever reason? And that's the acceptance we talked about, right? Sometimes, you know, the best thing you could do for yourself is be like, I really wanted to recycle so much of this. It's, it's something that means a lot to me. But right now, in order to keep moving forward, in order to create that space that I need to to be the success that I want to be, to help the people I want to help, I need to I need to let this go. I need to be okay with not doing it the way I originally intended. It's letting go of that expectation of the how. And I focus a lot on, you know, who you are and why you're doing what you're doing and where you want to go. And then we get really innovative on the how. And yeah, sometimes it's not only innovative, but it's also accepting of, okay, it's not the how I thought it was going to be, but we're getting the job done. <laughs> I have, occasionally I have discussions with clients about, I'm an energy worker, right? So energy in a home is important to be aware of. Yeah. Right? We we hold on to so many things and our energy can be stuck in something that no longer serves us especially when it comes to clutter. Maybe it's something an old significant other left at the home, mm -hmm. but that relationship has been over for months or even years, and you're still letting it sit there in your home. What's the purpose? We have, I, it's sometimes so hard to look at the why mm. we're holding on to something. Are we hoping they'll come back? Yeah. Or are we trying to get the feeling back from before? Right? But if it's no longer serving us, the the clutter issue can take over our thoughts, which is where you live, I believe. The clutter in our home can can impact the way we feel about ourselves. The clutter in our office can definitely impact our business, right? If you look so the way we feel stuff. about ourselves, just like you said, absolutely. If you've got piles, you can also feel like I'm a disorganized person. How am I going to help someone else? Like, and you might not even mean to have that thought, right? And it's <laughs> the whole imposter thing. Well, how if they knew what my desk really looked like? Would they even trust me with their business growth, right? That kind yeah. of stuff. Or I can't even get my own house in order. How can people trust the advice that I give with their business or with their marketing or with their branding or whatever it is, right? Right. Very yeah. funny how we tie up our self-worth with what we keep around us and oh, yeah. the whole mental clutter. 
and the shame. And that's that's one of the first things I love helping a client release is let's let it go of the shame and guilt. Just going to double check. Are you human? Okay, great. There we go. (laughs) And go back to the whole mechanics car or the painter's home that's not painted, right? Yeah. We it's sometimes easier to work on somebody else's stuff than looking at our own or dealing with our own. Absolutely. Because well, I know I can do it, so I'll just do it later. Or it's mine, so it's not as important as others. You know, there's so many, right? There's so many stories that we tell ourselves with regard to that. So understanding that we are worthy, understanding that it's also okay. You know, it's that acceptance of this is the state of it. And one of the things I've noticed quite a bit is that I attract people who tell me, I was organized at one point. What the heck happened? It's like life. It's called life. I'd like to introduce you. <laughs> well, that's funny. Yeah. And, and I get like, that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I listen, I get it and I live it too. So I do try to share my mess very openly with everyone because uh, you know, I don't ever want someone to think, oh, you're a productivity strategist, so life must be perfect. I totally screwed up on an appointment earlier today because I made a human mistake. You know what I mean? It happens. We learn, though. We grow and we have tools. And I have a lot of tools that help back me up. I often tell my kids, I'm like, I know I seem impressive, but I have a lot of tools and systems that are making me look this good. If I was just relying on remembering what the heck was going on and what I'm doing in my head, we'd all be lost. Okay. It's, you know, this, this, I'm not special in that regard, but I know the tools and I know the best tools for you. That's, that's where, that's where I shine. And, you know, learning that, understanding it, it does take acceptance and it does take coming back to that idea of compassion, self-compassion. And I think at different points in our lives, we're better equipped to deal with certain things. So maybe at the time that you were very organized, maybe that was needed to get you through that time of your life. And now it's no longer quite as urgent internally, right? And so you've got another area of your life where you're shining. You know, that could very well be. And to that point, you can be focused elsewhere on a new project. And sometimes you'll notice this uh, in your in your life, with especially with physical clutter. If you're noticing that things are messier than usual, look for the signs. You're like, oh, that's right. I was, you know, I've been rehearsing with the band a lot more lately. We're getting ready for a gig, you know, whatever. It's like, sometimes it's not even that you don't have the ability or the tools or anything to do the thing, but you're you're distracted or you're taking that energy and that time and you're, you know, shifting it to something else. Um, it, it, this happens a lot when an entrepreneur will like go through a launch or, you know, bringing a new website or new project or, or doing something like that. There's a lot of focus and extra time. And then it's like the house is in a shambles, you know, and we're eating out of to-go containers and stuff like that. And so that's okay. I mean, as long as that's like temporary and then you go back, you reset your systems and the more that you can declutter and simplify and reset those systems, the easier it is to maintain. But to your point, we can sometimes be pulled away. And um, when we see those, you know, the spaces kind of out of sorts, it can be a sign. Our our mental uh, and and physical realms, they affect and reflect each other. So it's always good to be like, hmm, what's going on here? And sometimes we get so laser focused on one thing that we let everything else go and don't even realize it. Until it becomes very obvious. Yeah. Neurodivergence um, with hyperfocus. And that hyperfocus is, I mean, that's a superpower. It's amazing. But yeah, acknowledging that and being like, oh, okay, it's time to tend to these other things now because I've let it all go. And yeah, coming coming back and, and finding that harmony again. So you have some helps for people. Talk to me about that. On your website, you have things like worksheets or books. What do you have that people might be interested in exploring? 
So one of the things we talked about already was doing this mental decluttering, right? And and the mind sweep. And I have a workbook dedicated to that that takes you through that step-by-step. I'm actually planning a private podcast episode that will also be a freebie. But for right now, uh, in my productivity toolkit are these very same workbooks I use with my clients. So you can do this yourself right now. And it walks you step-by-step through this process and then what to think about, not only in terms of taking the steps to declutter, but then the questions to ask and how to process what's there. And in that toolkit, there is also a core values workbook. I talked about what you really value. Understanding that is so important because when you you know, step into time management and you're choosing what to do and when, you need to understand that if you're not aligned with what you value, it doesn't matter how good your systems are and how good your habits are, you won't do the thing if it's out of alignment. So core values are critical. And then the the third thing in this productivity toolkit that I just absolutely love, and you'll understand by the name is the joy list. It taps into Happiness, positivity, energy management, it, self-care, it's all of these things wrapped into one. And it's a workbook that helps you with, and again, these are like a couple of pages, a few questions, very quick to do, where you can determine what brings you joy. And you might think, oh, I know that. We talked about this already. Sometimes we don't step back and think about or ask ourselves these questions. So I would encourage you to ask yourself that question. And here's why. When you know that, you can start to integrate these things that bring you joy and stuff that might surprise you that you've forgotten about. For me, it's absolutely iced coffee. I'm not pretending otherwise. It sounds so silly. It does. But but really, stopping for an iced coffee, you know, and I think partly because I take a deep breath when I do it because it's refreshing, because it, it you know, it's like a, a positive trigger for a reset. And I know this about myself. So as silly as it might sound, you put that down on your joy list and then you use that as a guide to intersperse these things, which can be very quick and very simple throughout your day. Your energy will completely shift as a result. You're taking care of yourself better. It's, it's just, it's joy and we need more of that. Well, the first thing that came to mind is for me is new experiences. I I travel. I've traveled all my life. I'm still traveling. I I there are still a few places on the globe that I haven't been that I want to see. Mm-hmm. So that takes a little bit more effort to get there. <laughs> True, the and planning can happen. You know, quickly in short bursts. Yeah, or taking yeah taking time to to make that list, to dream. Uh, It could even look like a a vision board for where you're going to travel, like a travel-related vision board. There's a lot of different ways. There you go. Not surprised. That's awesome. Well, looking at that and maybe, or, you know, just playing with that. Like now you have the vision board. Now you look at one of the places on there and you research it a little bit, or maybe you find a documentary on Netflix and you, and you watch that and you dream about it or, you know, search YouTube. God, I've learned so much from YouTube, but (laughs) yes, there's so many ways that we can play in that joy. And, and yeah, I mean, you're already a delight to talk to, but you mentioning that like lifted your energy even more. Like I can see a difference and hear a difference. So when we realize that and how quickly that can happen, ooh, that's like, that's wonderful because that's so efficient. (laughs) I do need to start thinking about some little everyday things that bring me joy. I mean, there's always reading. I told you I have thousands of books. Music is another. I I play the piano, sing, all that stuff. Um. I have to think about that because that's not something I'd paid a lot of attention to, right? Yeah. And one of the things is awareness, right? Mm-hmm. Awareness is, in my view, is the very first step of creating change in your life or in your business. And then become focused on what you want to happen and then taking strategic action to get from where you were to where you want to be, right? Absolutely. But I have to become aware of what brings me joy other than reading and music and traveling and family and my dog um what else 
<laughs> See, the list is starting. Great start. You've already started. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, as soon as you become aware that your your subconscious and your thought process will help you move along that journey. Yeah, absolutely. Be willing to start, right? Yeah, our brains are evidence seeking, and so if we we get that momentum built, and we we get those thoughts, and of course the workbook does have some prompts, some questions that will make it oh like oh that I didn't think about that oh oh hmm that's an interesting way to to figure out what I what I find joyful okay and then yeah you're right and once you start it. Um, one of my clients was like, I sat down with a joy list again and a glass of wine and <laughs> I was off to the races. And I'm like, well, there you go. That brought you. And that alone, that experience brought you joy because sometimes we give to so many others that stopping to think about what we'd like is a beautiful gift as well. So I want to come back to this because I think it's important. I, I keep throwing the words out, but compassionate productivity. I'd not heard that term before, but I really resonate with that. That that idea of being compassionate with ourselves because we're we're always willing to be compassionate with other people and yeah. cut them some slack for not getting something done if if they need the time, but not so much with ourselves. It's so true. And I have to say that I, I started using the term because I was trying to describe how I do things a little differently, right? Or maybe not the expected, because I do work in an industry that is very known for being like, you know, it, it's sort of cut and dry, if you will. And how are we getting stuff done? And I am all about efficiency and streamlining. And I geek out on, you know, task management systems and stuff like that as well. But I was like, but but the human side... You know, it's not platform first. When we first talk, I mean, I may want to know how do you keep yourself organized or what do you do, but my recommendations are not going to start with your calendar and your planner and, and your, and, you know, the different systems. It's going to start with you. It's person first. So. I started using that term and then I started Googling it. Like I'm like, does anybody else use this? And it, it was kind of, there's a smattering out there. And I, it was definitely referenced with regard to uh, leadership and compassionate leadership. And again, it's that idea, companies are understanding that you need to think about, you know, the talent optimizers out there. You need to think about the person first. And this is positive psychology. It tells us that when we lean into our strengths, when we lean into the good, when we figure out what's working and we go there, it is so much more fulfilling and then ultimately so much more productive. Um, compassion it, it is part of the, the concepts of positive psychology. When you're talking about hope and optimism, um, the things that will bring us resilience and acceptance. And all of those things actually feed into productivity, I think, so much more than we tend to realize because we're on the other side of it, identifying it as a do, 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 go, go, go action kind of thing. I'm like living in my head right now. My head is spinning with all these ideas. Okay. I'm, yeah. And I'm creating a to-do list, which is not a good thing. It's resonating with you and it's exciting. Yeah, I get it. But on the subject of to-do lists, I have different ones for different things. Mm -hmm. And I've started even putting down the date that I put it on the to-do list. Mm. And I found that very interesting because if they never came up to that day's priority, maybe there was just a thought and it wasn't really an action I needed to take. Or... Maybe a few years from now, if it's still on there, I may look at it as something that might be a priority, you know? So to it's, that point, you could do something when, when something comes up, maybe understanding, is this an actual to do or is this an idea? Mm -hmm. And you can have a list of ideas. Sometimes people refer to it as a parking lot, you know, a place to just be like, I don't want to lose this, but it's not something I can deal with right now. Just yep. going to pop that over there, right? Uh, I use um, the task management uh, software Todoist just happen to like that because it's what's referred to as low friction. It's very easy from every device I have to quickly pop in a task and not have to think about it, not have to take multiple steps, because honestly, when it comes to habits, we're not going to do that. Let's be honest. So I love that. 
And um, it has what's called an inbox, as well as you can do dated tasks. The inbox is an idea that David Allen mentions, and I mentioned him for the mind sweep. His system called Getting Things Done was this idea that you just you capture first, right? And then, so the inbox just represents, think of it like you would, and you can actually use this for uh, it when you have mail and papers and stuff that you're trying to organize. You have an inbox on your desk or you have a basket. Like I've often recommended clients when they bring the mail in, they have a dedicated spot. So it's not just like a cascade across your counter. Ask me how I know. Uh, so you have that <laughs> inbox. And then what's beautiful about that is you dedicate like once a week to look through that box or basket or whatever. And sometimes when you're overwhelmed, when there's way too much in there and you, you don't feel like you have the time to process it, you can use actually a binary question question system. And what I mean by that is, is this a I need to deal with it this week or not? And then you pull out only what you need to deal with this week and you leave the rest to review again in another week or the next time that you can schedule the time. Uh, in a way, I guess that is a concept I've used before called reverse decluttering. When you have so much clutter that you have to kind of capture it all together safely, take a deep breath and then just pull out only what you can tend to in the moment. What I've started doing with mail and and it happened, and I'll, I'll tell you the backstory, but first, what I've started doing with mail is, as I bring it into the house, this is actually mail. This is actually junk. Yeah. And I create two piles. Yep. So when I do get the urge to go through the mail, I look through the mail. Right. And then when I'm just killing time, I go through the junk. Oh, I love that. So, I mean, I would have a... Uh... A garbage can and you know a shredding container right under where the basket is for the mail but to your point it's not only that you have to or it's not that you would necessarily have to say oh well this is junk mail so I'm going to toss it but rather you're putting it in a different category that gives you the option like oh it's maybe something I'll look through. And then eventually you can also decide, I'm not even going to bother to look through this stuff. I'm tossing it. But it keeps it separate from what's important. I like that. And I started this because I mentioned my father. Well, he mm. was very giving and he would donate to all kinds of things. Yeah. When you do that, you get on their list that they sell to all these other nonprofits yep. who then send you, when I came here to live with him to start taking care, I'll say. He was getting 80 pieces of mail every day. That's ridiculous. He was overwhelmed. Yeah. And so coming in, I was overwhelmed. And so we immediately started, uh, created a form letter, take me off your list, do not sell my information, take me off your list, do not sell my information. And, you know, some of these time lists you have to respond to multiple times to get yeah. them to actually remove you from their list. I still get mail for my dad wanting money. So that's part of what's in the junk pile. However, it, I found that it is important to go through the junk pile because sometimes there are things for my dad that even though he's been gone for a few years, I still have to take care of. Right. They're not requests for money. They're actual, maybe it's a check for some lawsuit thing, you know, $3 check, whatever. You know, some of these things are so small, but it still was not junk mail. Right. Even though at first glance it appeared to be. Right. So it's important that I at least open them and then make a secondary determination is it junk and I can just rip the the name, the address off, shred that, throw the rest away? That's a great example of awareness, by the way, of your situation. Like like if you live in a multi-generational household, you know, if you have a situation like that, I do live in a multi-generational household. So, yeah, there's different categories of mail um, for different people as well. So all of these things that awareness of what your situation is and the fact that some people have like junk where it's like it absolutely could be junk uh, and others where it's like, no, I got to double check that, which, you know, in your case. So 
that's that's an excellent example of knowing your unique situation and then applying a system that works for it. Yeah, systems are they can be such a a brain clearing activity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you know what it's like driving a car, you don't have to think about every step to driving a car once you're used to driving a car. Mm-hmm. If you're doing the same thing over and over, understand it as a system, recognize it as such. If you're doing it with multiple people in your small business, write it out. Create an admin instruction or a technical instruction or just a list, a checklist of things to do in this situation, right? Then you don't have to keep repeating yourself over and over as as to what the next step is. So it's a time saver. So it's a way to declutter your mind. It's also a way to delegate work to someone on your team. Understanding that if they do the checklist, they've covered everything that you absolutely need them to cover. They may still have questions. Yep. And that system that you're talking about can be so simple. It can be a three-step checklist. One of my favorite ways to do this, by the way, especially if it's something computer-related, is to pop it up and then use something like Loom and follow, just track what you do and talk about it as you do it. And then you now have a video SOP, a standard operating procedure to work with. Yep. Um, someone I know of uses Zoom and just sure talks through the whole process and does the whole process and records it as they do it. And then yep. they've got it, right? And everybody yep. can just watch that Zoom. Yeah, you're just sharing your screen. Same idea. Exactly. Yeah. Even if you're doing it by yourself so that anybody else can just, you know, you're doing an in-person, one-person Zoom. It's an instruction, and you exactly. have the file forever. You do it well, once. You could take the audio and you could transcribe it too, and yes. then have and then just clean up. Um, the point, though, is that even if you have a video, you're, there you go. There's your your checklist uh, yeah. uh, to work with, and it's a great start. The idea being that you don't have to create your procedures separately from what you're doing. It's about thinking about capturing what you're doing as you do it. And leveraging your time so that you don't have to keep repeating the training. Exactly. So, cool. So we're getting close to the end of our time together. This has been so much fun. Time flies when you talk to cool people. <clears throat> so we talked about your work, your worksheets, your workbooks that are on your website. All that mm-hmm. information will be in a link below. So if you want to catch up with Lisa... Just click on the links below and it'll take you right to her. Um, But I want to give you, Lisa, a chance to come up with any final thoughts, something that we might not have talked about that you might want to leave with our listeners, or are we good? So we talked about clearing the mental clutter. We talked about the delegation. I think we covered a lot of good tactics. So I want to take it back to the mindset of this, you know, remembering you and your values, right? And leave you with a quote from Sophia Bush, which is that you are allowed to be a work in progress and a masterpiece simultaneously. And I love that because it's such an important reminder for us in this moment you are searching for better ways to do things and better systems and, and, and for you to be better. And that's a beautiful thing. But also, you are incredible just as you are in this moment, incredible for being here and listening and trying to keep your mind open to new opportunities. So yeah, masterpiece, work in progress. It's, it's both and and uh, celebrate where you are right now as well as where you're going. That's cool. I really like that. And that is so true. I'm I'm very big on journeys and growth and just making little course corrections to get to where you want to want to be, you know, just keep your eye on keep yourself focused. Exactly. Pick one what thing that we talked yeah. about today, right? One thing and just try it. And that's that's a journey and that's progress. And that's cool. And that's going to be it for us today. I want to thank the listeners for tuning in. I want to thank Lisa for being here. I really enjoyed our time together. Um, This is Jean Border, your host with the Focus Practical Dreamers Journey. Until next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Focused Practical Dreamers Journey, where we take out your emotional baggage and heal your emotional body so you get to enjoy the success you desire and deserve. 
Remember to visit our website at www.focusedpracticaldreamer.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Focused Practical Dreamer's Journey.